1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. Let's start with Michael Flynn. Yes, indeed. Now, here's the guy, right? He is, he's crazy. Uh, And we all said when uh, Donald Trump named him as National Security Advisor, this is questionable call because this guy has been out there ranting against Hillary Clinton, saying all kinds of outrageous stuff during the campaign. uh, Hardly had the temperament to be the National Security Advisor. It turns out he may not have uh, the credibility or the honesty to be National Security Advisor either. He, uh, this, and remember, this is the guy, he's a national security guy. He's the person closest to the president, in a sense, more powerful than the Secretary of State or the Secretary of Defense, because he's right there in the White House. He's got the president's ear all the time on any national security issues. He's the guy with the highest security clearance and the guy you got to trust all the time. And if you can't trust him, whom, whom can you trust? Well, it looks like you can't trust Michael Flynn. There were reports that maybe he had before the inauguration, before Donald Trump was president, that he was out there on his own holding meetings with the Russian ambassador to the United States talking about sanctions, our sanctions against Russia. And, and, and that was not cool, right? That was probably, in fact, illegal. Uh, he was asked about it. Because it turned out he did meet with him. And uh, and Michael Flynn told the vice president and told reporters uh, and apparently told aides around Donald Trump and maybe even Donald Trump himself that, oh, yeah, I did talk to the ambassador, but the subject of sanctions never came up. Now, according to the Washington Post, uh, the FBI is doing an investigation of this. And as part of their investigation, again reported by the Washington Post, the FBI has found that there are actually transcripts of conversations, you know, we do spy on the Russian ambassador, and there are transcripts of conversations that the two of them had where, in fact, Michael Flynn does talk about sanctions and even suggests that maybe if Russia doesn't go crazy over the sanctions, even the new sanctions that President Obama is going to put on them because of the hacking of the DNC, that they'll get a better deal under Donald Trump. So just be patient. Hold your fire. We'll take care of you is essentially the message that Michael Flynn, according to The Washington Post, gave the uh, Russians. uh, By by
2: the way, The Washington Post is they have— nine sources for this. Yes, yeah, that's right. Thank nine you. Thank you.
0: sources for they've this. Got the, they've got this recording, and then they've got nine sources who confirm that this conversation was held. Michael Flynn, then, on the hot seat. Uh, it's reported that Mike Pence, the vice president, is pretty pissed because Flynn lied to him. And I think a sense of how much trouble Flynn might be in is with Stephen Miller yesterday? Um, by the way, he's, that's his own story. That's another story. Stephen Miller, who is equally crazy, but a top advisor, he's a Steve Bannon's deputy, and he's a top advisor on national security issues to the President of the United States. He's out on the talk shows yesterday, and of course, he is asked about. He was asked about this by on Meet the Press. He was asked about it on this week with George Stephanopoulos. Uh, and on Fox News. He wouldn't, he talked about everything else, we'll get to that in a minute, but he would not talk about Michael Flynn. Here he is with, uh, I think, with Chuck Todd. But does the president still have confidence in his national security advisor? That's a question that I think you should ask the president, the question you should ask Reince, the chief
3: of staff. I'm here today as a policy advisor, Mm -hmm. and my focus is on answering the policy questions that you have.
0: Oh yeah, does it won't answer that oh. question. When he went over oh, George Stephanopoulos, it was even worse because uh, he gave basically gave the same answer. And uh, and George Stephanopoulos he, he said the White House didn't give me anything to say. The guy said the White House didn't give me any talking points. Wah. on Michael Flynn. And George Stephanopoulos said basically, why'd you come on the show if you're not going to answer the questions about what's happening at the White House? Good for George. Uh, Adam Schiff, Congressman. Ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee was a lot stronger. Adam Schiff said, if this is this report is true. If that's true, uh, it's absolutely staggering. Uh, it certainly ought to result in his immediate removal from office. Yes, indeed, should remove. And so that's the big question now. Uh, Donald Trump was asked about this on Air Force One I think he fudged a little bit, if not lied to reporters, when he said he didn't know anything about it. B.S. He doesn't know anything about it. He said I didn't know anything about it, but he would look into it. Uh, but he certainly—so nobody around the White House has come out to defend uh, Michael Flynn. Uh, his future is hanging in the balance. And the real question is, how can Trump, with all these questions and all this evidence, questions about him or evidence that he actually did— violate the law and lie to the Vice President. Uh, how could they keep him around? And uh, I think it makes it, and there's this FBI invest. well, we think there's an FBI investigation underway. It appears that there is. They haven't confirmed it. Pretty sure there is. But I think this underscores the importance of it, as, as uh, Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi last week said, that there be a complete FBI investigation of all of the contacts between anybody around Trump and the Russian government during the campaign and during the transition and make that report to the American people because we have a right to know what the Trump campaign was up to. Were they colluding with the Russians to influence the outcome of this election? And were they making deals with the Russians about the sanctions before Donald Trump ever became a President of the United States? And what was Michael, Michael Flynn's role in that? Donald Trump says all the raids we've seen on immigrants over the weekend, he's just fulfilling his campaign promise. And we all want politicians who keep their promises. Esther Lee's immigration reporter for Think Progress joins us in studio now. Hello, Esther. Good to see you.
4: Thank you for having me, Bill.
0: Thank you for coming in. Um, I want to start with the story of and the sad case of Guadalupe Reyes out in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So, Donald Trump says, uh, at first, he said he was going to deport all 11 million people who were here illegally, whatever Just that number is. Mass deportation. Is, right? Yeah, yes. massive. Then he said, no, no, no. And Sean Spicer has told us at the White House, no, our focus is only on people who have committed violent crimes. Yep. Right? And deporting. What violent crime did S. Uh, Guadalupe Reyes commit?
4: So, this is a woman who's, I think, in her 30s. She is the mother of two U.S. citizen children. And her teenage crime... Teenage kids. Teenage right. kids. Sh- her crime was for um, getting a fake Social Security number, which is something that many undocumented immigrants <laughs> do in order to work and thrive in this country. Now, and, Trump...
0: And she did that some time ago and was discovered some She was time discovered ago, right? back
4: in, I believe, 2008 or 2009 yeah. um, during an immigration raid in Phoenix that was that was authorized by then-Sheriff Joel R. Pyle, which, as many of your listeners may know, that he was this very, very anti-immigrant sheriff who, you know, he was, he's was he been sued for racial profiling. Um, and so at that time, she was, she was taken up in these raids, but she was also released. And she had to check in every six months for, I think, eight times now. Mm-hmm. And every time it's been okay, she's been released back into her so community. So she did what well
0: she was... Uh, required to do what she was asked to do, which is go down to ICE, right? Right. Check in.
4: Check in. Okay. And
0: You're still here. Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> Boom.
4: Right. Exactly. Saying that, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not leaving. Um, I am checking in, and you know who I am, where I am. Um, and during this time, she's raised two really beautiful kids, and they're thriving. But then this time, this particular time last week, it was very different. So she was. After she went to go check in, the immigration agents decided to detain her. And um, her lawyer was there with her, and he was, he was recounting how, on a press call, he was recounting that she started freaking out, they started freaking out, they didn't know what was going on, um, and somehow the supervisor decided to detain her permanently, and he no longer had access to his client. So she was deported a, a day after she was detained, um, and her kids held a press conference. They really held their own, and they were telling people how, how uh, you know, emotional they were. Obviously, because their mom was deported back to a country she hadn't seen since she was 14.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. She came here when she was 14, brought right. by her parents, I mm-hmm. think. Right. Right. But and and so she wasn't able to see her husband. Wasn't able to see her kids. Right. Nothing. Right. She's, she's so now off she's. And-
4: gone after having been here for 21 years contributing to America. And the, these are the stories that we're going to see a lot more of. The, you know, Trump has said that he would deport just the contra- criminals. And, it contradicts right. what
0: he said he exactly. was going to do, right? He said
4: he's going to t- deport all the bad ones and right. all the, the rapists rapist and, and, the the dealers, yeah, right. and the drug dealers. Exactly. And you know, she does not fit any of that profile except that she's undocumented, save for the fact that she's no. undocumented and she did have a fake Social Security number.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a real tragedy. Talk about busting up families. I mean, right, there. again, this woman, she had a job, she had a family, she was a member of a church, right. paid her taxes, I mean, everything. Actually, yes.
4: Even with this fake Social Security number, you do pay into taxes that you're never going to be able to take out of as an undocumented immigrant. Right. So, you know, she does pay taxes.
0: Right. So, it, as tragic as it is, it's one case. Are there more cases like that?
4: So she was just one of many people who were nabbed by uh, immigration agents over this five-day operation that um, the ICE agency had across the country. So the biggest one that we all know about is the one that happened in Los Angeles. More than, I think, 161 people were taken in. Um, over the weekend, ICE agents, uh, ICE spokespeople said that 151 of them had felony convictions. But keep in mind, Guadalupe also had a felony conviction for having a so- fake Social Security number. So, you know, there's a lot of nuance. felony
0: conviction is a big, I mean, there are a lot of different there are felonies, a lot of, I yes, guess. Yes, a right? lot
4: of different categories for felonies. I mean, we
0: think about, again, with Donald, we think when they say, they're talking about violent crime, right? And they're not talking about.
4: They're not talking about somebody who's trying to feed their families. Or but somebody
0: who, who gets a speeding ticket.
4: Correct. Correct. So, yeah, like there's a lot of categories that fall into what constitutes a felony, what constitutes like misdemeanors. and. Um, uh,
0: but I interrupted mm-hmm. you. I'm sorry. The, yeah. the number of people in Los Angeles was 161? Uh, it said? was
4: 161 across Los Angeles County who were taken in. 151 of them uh, had felony convictions. Pardon? Ten hmm. people were just there because they were undocumented. They were they were cuffed up because they were undocumented. And only five, supposedly, had no crime other than the fact that they were undocumented. The other five had um, previous deportation removal orders.
0: And, and w- there was another raid in New York. There was York,
4: another right. raid in New York. There's been other raids in Atlanta, Chicago, across the Midwest. I spoke with uh, uh, the ICE... Spokesperson in the Midwest region, he was telling me that more than 200 people were taken up in raids across Illinois and Kansas, and uh, I believe Minnesota and Wisconsin.
0: Well, now, th- did these? All, why did all of these just happen this weekend? Have they been long planned, or is this a direct result of the um, uh, Trump's immigration
4: right. orders? Right. So, um, in the case of Guadalupe, he, her lawyer said that it was because it was, or one of the lawyers present at the protest said that it was in Um, it was because of Trump's orders but for many of these operations because it's such large-scale they are put into place uh, before Trump took office so it's it's a little unclear at this point and we're not really sure but what we do know is that from this point forward there will be more raids like this
0: and these are going forward even though the Muslim ban is on hold
4: correct so even though the Muslim ban, you know, there, it's all so many different aspects of this executive orders, of Trump's executive orders, are being put in place. And unfortunately, you know, if he's not attacking the Muslims, then he's attacking the immigrants. So there's really no, no way out of it. Trump is keeping his promises, unfortunately, <laughs> when it comes to immigration. And um, there's we got to figure out how to, how to push back against Okay, that, that was the thing
2: that sort of blew yeah. me away when we look at the Muslim ban is uh-huh. it's quite popular. Like, I, I, I'm not. I'm not here to defend it, and I'm not trying to even go there. But, you know, he did say he was going to do something like this, and he did win. So when people are asked about it, they're not super down on it.
4: Well, you know the
2: the f- that I, doesn't mean that it's okay.
4: Right.
0: I just just to be- uh, actually the polls do show that most Americans. Oppose the Muslim ban. Oppose but, it, yeah, but it's still but, very, very popular. It's very popular. Yeah, no, it is popular and certainly sure. popular among his supporters. Yeah. He cannot right. lose. Uh, sadly, uh, you can almost not underestimate the <laughs> intelligence Here's of the the American thing. people. Here's
4: the thing about the Muslim ban, though: like the seven banned countries, the the seven countries for the right. majority Muslim countries that uh, Trump is denying people entry from. We have seen no refugees commit crimes from these countries yeah. thus far, and hopefully never. But, you know, that just goes to show you how well-vetted, you know, the system has been in place this entire time.
0: Well, it, it shows you how, that that, and we've talked about that, this Muslim ban is, is not based on the facts at all. Uh-huh. Uh, the countries that have been where most of the terrorists that we know of have come from are not even on the list. Exactly. Pakistan's not on the list. Saudi Arabia's not on the list. Egypt's not on the list. And, and no countries that where Donald Trump has properties or hotels <laughs> or office buildings or are on the list.
4: Gee, no. I wonder why. Yeah, I
0: wonder why exactly. But I think the, tr- the tr- question that troubles a lot of us and Peter and I were talking about this a little bit earlier is um, yeah, we're outraged at what Donald Trump is doing, but how is it different than what Barack Obama was doing?
4: That's a really good question. It's really the answer is it's really hasn't been that much different. You know, uh, President Obama did deport, I believe, three point two million. He conducted 2, three point two million deportations, which is to say that that could include people who have been deported and and came back and deported again. So that's three point two million. Um, so I think overall, Trump may. Reached that point, he may even surpass that. But the one thing that really differentiates between the two presidents is that there was some element of compassion given in, in President Obama's um, directives. You know, he had a directive that asked ICE agents to exercise prosecutorial discretion to to show leniency towards. Parents of US citizen children or people who have been here for decades and have contributed to their country Which isn't to say that he didn't deport other people like pastors and ministers and you know like very amazing people in this country But I do think that under under Obama's administration a lot more ice agents decided to show leniency
0: right I mean uh, Guadalupe Reyes again is one example of that she was discovered, right, under his presidency, she was allowed to remain because she had a family, she had a job, she had two teenagers, exactly. she had kids in school. Uh, that leniency was not shown under the Trump administration. No, and If you but, think about
4: it, she was shown leniency throughout the entirety of President Obama's administration.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, President Obama deported enough that he did uh, earn the moniker Deporter-in-Chief.
4: He did. That is true. Th- this is,
0: I think, what's going to be
2: so scary about how Donald Trump acts as president, because You look at the executive order stuff, right? I think that Mm -hmm. the executive order stuff sort of got out of control with George W. Bush. Barack Obama sort of said it a little more concretely. Donald Trump is sort of piggybacking off of that and taking it even farther. You look at what Barack Obama did with drone warfare. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald Trump is taking that even farther and will continue to take that farther, I, I, I think. so. And then the same is to be said with immigration. You know, Barack Obama did a lot of terrible things with immigration in this country. And for Donald Trump to say, well, I'm doing this, but look at what the Democratic president did before me, is a great cover-up for him. So I just, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of instances where we were okay with things that Obama did because he was a good guy. And we're going to not be okay with what Trump does because he's a bad guy. (laughs)
0: It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. We tell you every day we bring you the news of the day wherever it's happening, and we bring in the best political minds of the day to help us sort out the news of the day and what it all means. Having said that, how the hell did Jimmy Williams get here? A beyonce (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, Hi, I'm Jimmy. Talking, I'm only talking about Beyonce and Adele, nothing else.
0: Is that right? <laughs> yes. You're talking about the Grammys from last night? Yes. Perfect. Jimmy Williams <laughs> from Decode DC joining us here in the studio. <laughs> Brother Jimmy, how are you?
3: I'm fine, baby. How are hey, you? she really cleaned <laughs> up last night, huh? Adele killed it, and black Twitter is pissed. Yeah. They are pissed off. Black and white America are at war again. It is right. not the 60s. <coughs> <laughs> it is Adele. And of course, she tried to make it right by but taking her uh, Grammy and snapping it in half.
0: But didn't <laughs> <laughs> so Mean Girls. But but didn't she give lots of credit to Beyonce? And oh, she gave her half her. the award. I mean, yeah, for song yeah.
3: of the or whatever the last one is. By the way, can anyone explain to me what the hell the difference is between Song of the Year and Record of the Year? Jamie can pull it a twink. What is it? Because I don't oh. know.
2: Uh, I believe Record of the Year deals specifically, deals more so with the songwriters. I could be wrong, though. Oh, okay. Well, they shouldn't have cut the
3: songwriter off when he was trying to give his speech. So, anyway. Mm. I don't know. There are more pressing matters in the world now that that's over. Now that that's over. Now that that's over. Yes, indeed. All right. So
0: we're three weeks into the uh, Trump administration. Uh, How's it going? Um, Well,
3: I don't know about you, but if anyone watched um, yesterday's Sunday shows... It was um, one of the more uh, – it was one of the scariest things yeah. I've ever seen in my entire life.
2: Yeah, it was.
3: Um, set, po- set Trump's politics aside, which I'm not sure what his politics are. and I think that's a fair statement. Mm-hmm. But his advisor's politics are um, there's something I've never seen in my lifetime. And I've been I'm, – I'm turning 50 in a, mo- in a couple months, and I've been in politics for 25 years, half of my life, and I've never – And I mean never seen anything like that in 25 years of politics of what Stephen Miller, who is one of the top aides in the White House, did. And he literally said
0: the question, the president shall never be questioned. Right. That. uh, That Right. Really? The judiciary is not supreme. Hmm. And. Meaning the president is supreme. Meaning right. the president can do whatever he wants to do, and no court can stop him. That's exactly
3: right. Or question him. Or question and him. And that means the people can't question him, nor can they question Mr. Miller himself. I re- and Mr. Trump, um, President Trump, actually tweeted out that Stephen Miller is doing a great job, and I'm like he representing. He said representing me. I'm like, no, Mr. President, he represents us. We pay him. You don't. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's not how this works. But it was it was a good little window into. Uh, maybe not everybody around Trump, but certainly one person who has an yeah. enormous amount of influence on him. I think Trump that's
3: exactly right. I mean, it's, it's not like the people that, that Stephen Miller has worked for in the past aren't a bigger window into who he is. Um, it's not like his activities in college and during for politics and thereafter haven't been a window into who he is. But we know who he is. He's made it clear who he is, um,
0: and that should scare everyone. Uh, and th- the idea that he has so much influence on Trump, yeah. um, uh, uh, the, you, you mentioned uh, uh, high school, the, was it the post or the New York times that did the profile? I think it was the New York times, right? Yeah. Of his. I think they both. Uh, did they both yeah, you're you're really right, think. actually. They both <laughs> yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. Um, taking a look at some of the extreme positions he took, mm-hmm. growing up in Santa Monica. Santa Monica, for God's sake. For God, Yeah. Right. Right. Like, uh, really? Yeah. When in Rome, speak Roman, for
3: God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking outside the box.
0: Uh, but he, he was already pretty, I mean, extremely right-wing radical in his politics as a high school student. Well, and that's apparently right. apparently hasn't changed. Peter, yeah. you gave a couple of examples if you want to uh, give the colorful commentary here.
2: So Stephen Miller was, so, somebody pointed out, Bro Pair on Twitter actually pointed out that you can't figure out if this is a case of someone who was bullied too much or not bullied enough in high school because oh God. he's the guy who was saying when the school was handing out condoms to students who needed them was saying well you know actually uh it is considered statutory rape for these children of this age to be having sex so i'm upset that my school is a place that condones rape and then he said because they didn't play the pledge of allegiance or it wasn't Mandatory that everybody do the pledge of allegiance. And mm. I'm just uh, appalled that Osama bin Laden would find this high school to be very comfortable for him.
0: Wow, he's just like just a just a twerp. Yeah, and he is the deputy to Steve Bannon, who that's right know is the uh, the white, Grand Poobah white, of, of yeah. white nationalism. That's right, white that's nationalist right. Uh, <laughs> again, advisor yeah. to Donald Trump uh, in the White House. <laughs> Jimmy Williams, a host of the Decode DC podcast, DecodeDC.com, here for the entire hour as a uh, friend of Bill, and we're joined now by a crack reporter, political reporter for the Boston Globe, Annie Linsky, a good colleague of mine at the White House Briefings. Hi, Annie. Nice to see you. Good to see you. All right. So, uh, from the Boston Globe, uh, one of your senators shut down last week on the floor (laughs) of the U.S. Senate ever seen never seen anything like that before what's, uh what's the reaction among uh
1: yeah yeah i mean okay. so, so that i mean you know i have to say with elizabeth warren um she was i mean had, right after the election she you know she su- she supported supported cardin um, and i think that she was losing a little bit of the like the the elizabeth warren glow it
0: seemed that way Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And
1: and then all of a sudden, you know, Mitch McConnell gives her just delivers her this gift, essentially, of of not only shutting down her her speech um, on uh, on the on the Senate floor, but also the way he did it with his sort of like, you know, absurd language. Yeah, here
0: we are. She was warned. Yeah. Um. Warren was giving a lengthy speech. Mm -hmm. She had appeared uh, to violate the rule. She was warned. She was warned. She was given an explanation. (laughs) Nevertheless, she persisted.
1: I mean, he—he, he, I just—I think he knew what he was doing with that because it immediately became, yeah. you know, this rallying cry on the right, and and you know, um, you know, Hillary Clinton would have killed for a moment like that oh. during her campaign. <laughs> yes. you know, she persisted. That's exactly what how Hillary Clinton would describe herself. And now Elizabeth Warren has this mantle again, and it combines so many different strains. You know, it's it's sort of um, a, a woman, a women's rights moment, but also, you know, the progressive movement and. Sanders had trouble with this, has difficulty with African Americans, and yep. the fact that Elizabeth Warren was reading a letter from Karata, um, Scott King when she was shut down, you know, helps bind those two strains That's together right. a little bit, That's so right. it could not have been better for her. We, we were
0: saying that, you know, uh, you could never have a better s- s- bumper sticker that, nevertheless, she it persisted. Was,
1: exactly.
3: Yeah, listen, it was, um, I think Mitch McConnell knew exactly what he was doing. Mm. I think Um, Elizabeth Ward knew exactly what she was doing and both played it up in the press and it was very smart for both of them for their bases and well welcome to politics America like this is something new and unusual not Um, now using rule 19 I mean I spent seven years in the Senate I never ever saw anybody use rule 19 on another senator. Um, and that was during the days of Rick Santorum. Trust me, there were plenty of heady days on <laughs> yeah. the Senate floor um, when he would come down and basically decry every senator because they were partial birth abortionists. I mean, I'm not joking. Yeah. And so, um, you know, look, that's good for fundraising. And, and, and please understand that they knew what was going on. The, 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 the Senate Democrats, um, Secretary for the Minority, the minute that it happened, walked up and handed her a script. They knew what was going well, on. The
1: one the one thing, the one area that I do think, I mean, if you watch the, t- the C-SPAN tape, as we did at the Globe kind of over and over, over and again. Over and over and over again, um, yeah. If yeah. you watch that, I do think the one area where McConnell, you know, I think he absolutely kn- knew what he was doing. I think his one mistake is I don't think he really understood that he was interrupting her as she was reading King's letter. You know, he came in when, she, when Warren was talking about... Um, I was reading from uh, a letter from Kennedy and then she she had wrapped that up and that's when she was warned and she wrapped that up and then she sort of moved on to the king letter and you even saw after Warren was shut down she and Schumer were kind of You know, whispering to each other on the floor, and then Schumer stood up and said, "Wait, I want to know. I want want a ruling from the chair. What was you know the senator reading when she was shut down?" And he, the chair, then acknowledged that it was the King letter. So I think that piece of this, I think it was very choreographed until that piece where I, I don't think that McConnell intended to pick that particular moment, Moment. but he was sort of running to the floor, and it was all happening very quickly.
0: Why did uh, McConnell allow uh, Dick Durbin and Bernie Sanders and I forget who else, uh, Richard Blumenthal or someone to read yeah, from Chris Murphy the same and others. Chris Murphy from the same letter the next day.
1: Well, that, exactly for that reason. I well, mean, because, yeah, he'd
0: already drawn the blood. Yeah, he drew the blood he needed to get.
1: But I don't think he yeah. wanted to fight with African Americans right. as well as the well, left. Right. You know, I don't think yeah. that that. Yeah. I, I think that that moment that he picked was particularly. You know, I don't think that he would have meant it. I think you know if he had if he had interrupted her reading Kennedy's letter, I think it still would have been a big deal, yeah. but it wouldn't have ha- packed quite the punch. I agree. So
0: you're, you're right in a sense. Jeff Sessions, uh, Mitch McConnell got his way. Jeff Sessions was confirmed, but mm. Elizabeth Warren catapulted back into the yeah. front ranks, certainly Absolutely. of the uh, resistance or the progressive movement. Right, or whatever. right. The other thing about the, that we have to ask about Boston is. Why did you bust so many people to New Hampshire? Um, <laughs> yes, to, Annie, why did y'all do to, that? To, to vote. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's... I mean, it's, if, if I mean believe... Stephen
0: Miller, now look, there's a source. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he said it yesterday on national television. <laughs>
1: um, um, on we behalf been...
0: of the president, and was congratulated by the president afterwards for... Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I, well, that um, particular episode is... Um, I mean, when we heard about that, I will say, I'll give um, Politico yeah. due... They they um, reported, I guess it was late on Friday, that the president was talking about this idea of a massive voter fraud in New England, where all of these thousands of thousands of Massachusetts residents being bussed up to New Hampshire and voting. This is the reason why he he lost New, New Hampshire. Hampshire and also why he, Kelly A. He, he,
0: he was talking to uh, he was. Talking about that to legislative members of Congress,
1: members of Congress, right, and including Democratic members yeah, of Congress, right. and um, you know, of course, you do wonder if this episode really happened. Why um, New Hampshire has a Republican governor? But you know, setting that aside, <laughs> um, setting that aside, I mean, you had over the weekend Republicans, New ha- prominent <clears throat> New Hampshire Republicans, coming out and saying this absolutely did not happen. Right. This is like an like a chestnut of New Hampshire politics that like all these Massachusetts people are coming up. Um and the um uh, Gardner who is the Secretary of State in New Hampshire, the longest serving Secretary of State in the country actually, um talked to us at length on Friday night about how this always comes up. He has Um, gone out, driven to different polling places himself, where there have been reports of Massachusetts voters. And it's just never, it's never true. I mean, what, what Mm. does happen, Gardner said, is you'll go to a polling place in New Hampshire, and you'll see all of these Massachusetts plates. And that's what gets people thinking, oh, gosh, all these Massachusetts people Mm. are voting. But when Gardner has investigated this before, you have people from Massachusetts coming up as activists holding signs but they're not going into the polling place and which voted, they're not allowed to do which they're not allowed to do but also in New Hampshire is small enough that the poll workers actually do recognize yeah. a lo- like this is a eye, you know <laughs> right. like these are well, small communities yeah. yeah
0: I think we've all worked New, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, New Hampshire politics mm-hmm. and New Hampshire primaries, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I have and I mean the the Massachusetts New Hampshire connection yeah. Is real. Because, I mean, it's, you know, so many people have summer homes there, like, Mitch, like Mitt Romney. Right. Or work in one state or the other, right. drive back and forth. I mean, and then the media market is all still, Boston. isn't it, Boston? Yes, that's your only station. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: So, right. I mean, you know, the, this is where this comes from, but it, like... <laughs> It's also small enough that poll that poll workers know you know, they yeah. they recognize voters and, and that right. and the idea of having some sort of massive you know, you'd think that, that there were, if this was true, there's enough there's enough very sophisticated people on the ground in New Hampshire who would be raising the alarm bells. Also, I might add, Donald Trump could have called for a recount of New Hampshire and did not. Five hundred dollars.
3: He didn't do it. Mm. And you know, there's a theme here people coming across the border from from Massachusetts to <laughs> New Hampshire, people coming across the border from Mexico to, to oh, wow. Arizona. Well, there you were know, five million of those. Well, absolutely five yeah. million, yes. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I mean, I guess ICE is going to start going to polls in the 2018 election and saying, you know, show me your driver's license or I'm going to deport you to Massachusetts. <laughs> I mean, how farcical can you possibly get? Yeah, it's yeah. a lie. I know. F- and the fact is, that... It is
0: a non-fact. The fact that a top to To the president of the United States, would go on national television and repeat that lie, and basically be offended that anybody would challenge him. It's just, uh, it's, Uh, it's it's stunning.
1: The whole thing was, I mean, Uh, to have that coming from the White House, from the president of the United States,
0: um, yeah. Well, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. We're dealing in the world of alternative facts, and and it's it's hard. Well, it's interesting because I, 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 I think it's I, easy. I think it's easy. It's hard for journalists to get their bearings, though, because you're not used to people who are just – may not. they may spin it, you know, but they don't did not used to flat out lie so blatantly but, that, but, but or so clearly. But, so, so
3: then, I mean, look, it's simple. You have a, a moral compass as a journalist, and you stick with your moral compass. You seek the truth. The um uh the motto for Scripps, my parent company, is let let the light shine, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah. and the people will see. So you spread more you more yeah. light, and there's more transparency. Um,
1: but I will, I will yeah. say on that on that point, and I won't say who, but there was a very prominent Democrat as we were reporting out that story on Friday evening, who was urging us, who was urging the Globe not to write the story because we were saying, I was saying, look, we are going to strip, the, we are going to rip up our front page, and this is going to be a big mm-hmm. deal, and there was a, um, a prominent re- Democrat who was saying no. You know, I, I wish that you, w- you wouldn't do that because you're just giving more attention to this lie and it's clearly a lie. I mean, my pushback on that is, look, I mean, when the president of the United States is saying he something, says it, yeah. you know, we're not going to treat him any differently than we would have treated no. Barack Obama. When, S- when or Stephen o-
0: Miller says it on national television, you've got to report it. I mean, I mean, look. It's y- yes, you have to. Right. you
3: have No, you have to give them. If that's who the White House sends out, that's that's who the White House sends out. But that doesn't mean that you don't have the ability to respond exactly. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. if 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 listen, Bill Clinton got impeached over a lie about a, a blowjob. Sorry, but I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. And yet, how many lies have come out of this White House, both by the the Commander in Chief and his um, taxpayer subsidized employees? Yeah. And that's not acceptable. <laughs>
0: The Parting shot with Bill Press. This is The Bill Press Show. Well, if you had any doubts about how cruel Donald Trump's immigration policies are, just consider the case of Guadalupe Reyes from Phoenix. Uh, this woman uh, came to this country, was brought here illegally by her parents when she was 14. Since then, she's gone to school. Uh, she got a job. She got married. Uh, she had two kids. She pays taxes. She goes to church. She obeys the law. In other words, she's a good citizen. Now, about seven years ago, um, it was discovered that she was here illegally. She had a phony Social Security number. But since she'd done nothing wrong, uh, committed no crimes, since she had a family, she was allowed to stay in this country as long as she checked in regularly with immigration authorities, which she did last week, as requested, as required. She went to check in, but this time they detained her, they arrested her, they refused her permission to see her kids or her husband, her two teenage children, and they deported her to Mexico the very next day. What a crime against humanity. Talk about breaking up families, which Donald Trump promised he would never do. This just shows how cruel Donald Trump is. And by the way, what a liar he is. Remember, originally he said he was going to deport all 11 million people who were here illegally. And he said, no, I changed my mind. I'm only going to focus on those who have committed violent crimes. Well, So how can he explain deporting Guadalupe Reyes, whose only violent crime was raising a family, working for a job, paying taxes, and checking in with immigration authorities? In other words... Once again, Donald Trump lied to the American people. His anti-immigration policy is as inhumane as it appeared in the first place. And the fact is, Donald Trump hates immigrants. He hates people of color. He doesn't care about ripping families apart. No, Donald Trump is not as bad as we feared. He's even worse. This is The Bill Press Show.